fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You're darn right it is. It is a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. I don't care what anybody else says. I am excited for the day. I am ready to rock and roll. How about you? Welcome into the program. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. So great to have you along for the ride today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Kind of a different show today. No guests lined up. You and I chit in the chat talking about some major issues, which I'm glad we have the time to do that today because there's been some issues I've been holding off on talking about because we just haven't had the time to do so as we try to cram as much into this program as possible. Although I will say we have some really awesome guests coming up here soon. I'm waiting on confirmation, but Dr. Ben Carson may be joining us again here in the next few days. Stay tuned in for that. Possibly Rudy Giuliani as well. Working on a few others uh, of some big, I guess, high-profile names. So stay tuned in, and we'll keep you apprised for that one. But great to have you today. You can like us all over the social media. Follow us on the website at whosyourreason.com. Comment on any of the social media on the Podbean live stream, also on our radio stations, TV, and the websites. Stuff that we have. Uh, by the way, again, I want to give you a hat tip as well to the podcast downloads with people listening on there. After the show, we're killing it. Thank you guys for that very, very much. I appreciate that and love you guys to death. All right. We have a few different issues we need to address today. Apparently, Matthew McConaughey making the plea deal for the gun control issue. Is that the way that he's going to win over people? I will laugh, though, because he did take a shot at the media while addressing the media. I promise you, uh, America, you and me, we are not as divided as we are being told we are. (laughs) Yeah, well, are we as divided as what we are? Well, we're moving that direction, but... We'll talk about what he actually had to say. It was a plea deal to get Republicans and the general public to try and support gun legislation in some way, shape, or form. And I don't know that it works. I really don't know that it works. I mean, he spent the majority of the time with the emotional sob story, which he's an actor. He's very dramatic. That's what he does. That's what's expected. And he made the plea deal, talked about every one of the kids or most of the children that died and the stories behind them with the Uvalde shooting in Texas just a couple of weeks ago and advocating for the red flag laws, advocating for the gun gun confiscation yet, but the gun control bills they're trying to put up in Washington, D.C. We'll cover that here in a little bit, but taking the shot at the mainstream media. I promise you, uh, America, you and me, we are not as divided as we are being told we are. Media didn't like that one too much. The media's been making a lot of gaffes lately, I've noticed. Between allowing that to happen, between people they're trying to pick out on the streets, that was a disaster for MSNBC. We'll get to that in a little bit as well. But before we do all that, I do want to do, I guess, a bit of a refresher on how the private sector works, on how the differences between competition in a market, between artificial inflation in the market, why we're seeing inflation right now, and what the hell the banks are doing to make it even worse in the situation, which we, if you've listened to this program in any way, shape, or form before, we talk about why inflation is where it's at. 
and how printing money obviously causes that because then it costs more money to buy the same good because there's more of it because it's less valuable. So therefore, it costs more money to buy the same product, which means it's more expensive, which means then we have the left side of the aisle that advocates for the $15 an hour minimum wage, the $20 an hour minimum wage. Uh, Rashida Tlaib. I believe, the congresswoman out of, uh, what was it, Michigan? Is, she, is that where she's from? Uh, she advocated now that we need $25 an hour minimum wage because, well, we continue to see the economy get worse and therefore people can't live off of minimum wage in this nation, which I say, you know, um, duh, duh, because you're not supposed to live off of minimum wage. The uh, minimum wage is supposed to be for entry-level positions for individuals to you know, just to be able to get some work experience, kind of cut their teeth and understand how the market actually works for them to move up and then not make minimum wage. That's the way the process is supposed to go. But at what point do you become a company that is, quote unquote, too big to fail and you affect the market outside of government per se, but you're so big that your decision ends up destroying the entire industry as a whole? And here's what I mean. I got this about, a, I don't know, a week ago of a story of U.S. Bank of America. Anybody use Bank of America show of hands? I hope not, personally, because Bank of America is a horrendously politically active bank and institution that really tries to manipulate their people. I mean, they've cut out debit cards because you try to purchase a firearm by using one of their debit cards. As a person who has a personal checking account, you use your debit card to buy a gun. Not, not allowed to do that, and they shut off the account. I know because I've worked for them for a short time. I actually went through their training program for three months, and then I got back into radio, and I left after they trained me, and I was just about to start at a branch. For those that don't know, I was a personal banker prior to, I guess in between my radio stints. I started off in radio, and then I took a break and went into banking, and then they brought me back, and it sucked me back in to radio, and I'm kind of glad to be out of the financial institution. But I will say that I'm very happy to have been in banking to understand the financial industry a little bit. And working in the banking industry a little bit has given me a massive insight to this type of story because Bank of America is a major financial institution in the country. And if you choose to bank with them, then you're in for a treat because they're going to control how you can use your assets, aka the money that you have in your account, while they try to be new age and they try to be uh, very active. What I was training for them out of Denver, Colorado. They, there was not a branch of Bank of America in Denver. They were working on putting two new branches there uh, because there was no Bank of America in the entire state. And we were going to be the new uh, trend setters. And we were going through the training. And it was going to the month where the Pride Month, the month of June, this Pride Month was happening. And they were having their Pride Parade in downtown Denver. And Bank of America was going to be a major sponsor of it. And they wanted all of us to walk in the parade and man the booth and do all that. And I, the, the signups were there, and I said no because, obviously, I don't support that. I mean, if you want to do it, all the power to you. I don't really care. But me personally, with my personal values, my personal religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs, I, I disagreed with it, so I chose not to partake. And they didn't say anything because they can't because it was choice outside of work and outside of the mandated hours. But they definitely gave me some evil, glaring looks. And that was the mindset of Bank of America policy because they wanted to be the trend setters with uh, this sort of thing, which is why, again, if you have Bank of America and you try to purchase a firearm, good luck with that because they'll more than likely shut down your bank accounts. Now, before I go down this road of Bank of America setting the tone for the industry, 
for those that don't know, and if you are in banking and you understand the banking institutions, then you can call me out for my crap. But this is the way that I've seen it. This is the way that I've understood it. And the big question is first, how do banks actually make their money? How do they make their How can they afford having bankers and tellers and everybody there to take care of it? How can they afford the buildings? How can they afford what they do? And every banking institution actually does it a little bit different way. Bank of America is really big on kind of leaning on Merrill Lynch as their investment management firm. If you try to set up a 401k or a retirement fund or some type of investments in the stock market, you go to Merrill Lynch, which usually has an office in a Bank of America office, and you go in there and you can set it up. That's how they make the majority of their money. The other bank that I worked for, I'm not going to say which one it was. They're not here in the state that I live in now in the state of Kansas, but I worked for them in a few different branches in Colorado, was they based theirs primarily on investments of loans, trying to get you to get an auto loan, trying to get you a home loan, a mortgage, a car loan, a credit card, uh, some type of just personal loan. That's the stuff that they were able to make money on based on the interest rates that you would pay onto the loans that they would give out. Banks like Wells Fargo, all about the checking accounts, baby. You had to sign up for like five different checking accounts. Oh, you want to account for this and account for this and account for this. And Wells Fargo just made it off of you investing your money by putting it into their bank and then being able to borrow that and do their own investments based on what you put into their financial institutions. Kind of interesting how each bank has their own deal. But nonetheless, the top five banks, the biggest banks of the nation include J.P. Morgan Chase is number one, Bank of America, Number two, Wells Fargo, number three, Citibank, number four, and U.S. Bank, which is at number five. Now, that leads me up to the headline that I saw here where Bank of America is raising their U.S. minimum hourly rates, their minimum wage that they're paying their employees to $22 an hour. I want you to ponder that for just a second. Right now, I believe the minimum wage is $12, $13 an hour, which most tellers, which is the low end of the spectrum for bankers, is the teller. You go up to them and you do your deposit, you do your withdrawal, you check your balance, you whatever. That's with the tellers at the store or at the banking financial institution. Those are the ones making $13 to $14 an hour nationwide on average. Bankers are making about $20 an hour. Like the personal banker, you want to open up your account, you want to apply for a credit card, you want to referral to, try and get a mortgage, whatever. You, that's the personal banker. They're making about $18 to $20 an hour. At least it was when I was working in banking. Bank of America wants their minimum wage to $22 an hour. What does that mean for the entire industry? That means everybody, obviously, is going to go want to work for Bank of America. That also means that the smaller banks, if you have a local state bank, if you have a community bank in your area, in your small town, wherever you live across the nation, if you have one that maybe has two or three branches in total because they just are a mom and pop bank that started it years ago and they're rocking and rolling, that means they're probably going to get shut down because they can't afford $22 an hour. Andy, that's the competition in the market, right? No, it's not. That is not the private market. That is not the competition in the market to make things better. That is not how the private market works in any way, shape, or form. Bank of America has become one of those that is, quote-unquote, too big to fail. And when they're too big to fail, and they use government through the crony capitalist system, using government to try and benefit from what they're doing, and then using their political activism because they can make stupid decisions to alter the entire industry, being one of the top five biggest banks in the entire industry, they have now 
stuck it to the little guy, which makes it better for them, less competition uh, in the institution to where you don't have other opportunities and you kind of have to go to a Bank of America. Setting minimum wage to $22 an hour, and by the way, it's set to go to $25 an hour for minimum wage by the year of 2025 in the next three years. That is going to ruin the financial industry. You want to talk about inflation. Well, guess what? It's going to be more difficult to bank. If you're in the banking industry as a teller or a personal banker, it's going to be more difficult for you to find a job because there are going to be less banks out there anywhere that Bank of America is in a market competing because they have used their we're so big we don't give a crap mentality anymore. And we use government for our own personal benefit to use the investments that we have to invest in government stuff, to do political activism, to completely offset the market, to centralize the institution, that they have taken things to an entirely new level. This is dangerous because no other bank that I'm aware of, at least, maybe they are, I don't know of any, are actually setting their minimum wages up to $22 an hour. Andy, that's what we need for a livable wage. Again, I respond by, you're not supposed to live and take care of a family on a minimum wage. The minimum wage is set for you to cut your teeth, to get your understanding, to understand the industry, or to get some experience in the workforce in general before you move on and do your own thing to work yourself up. Working flipping burgers at McDonald's for $12 an hour is not supposed to take care of a family of four. And if you did that, then we need to work on how you can actually level yourself up just a little bit. But this is dangerous. This is not how competition works in the market. And they're going to devastate the financial institutions, not just for the workers, but for you as the customer. Lots more on this coming up. Stay here. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. 
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 24 minutes past the hour. So Bank of America really kind of stiffened it to the rest of the industry by going up to $25 an hour minimum wage by the end of 2025 as they've been tear-stepping this up. By the way, that is a massive increase, over 121% of rates that were at $14 an hour for minimum wage back in 2010. Now, I guess that was about the time that I was banking a little after that ish but here's the issue and again andy what does this actually mean for us why does this actually matter with them raising their minimum wage outside of just messing with the industry as a consumer what does this actually mean for us when we start consolidating like we apparently love to do in society today we love to consolidate we love to just make things more mainstream by just centralizing it making it bigger politics will love it the democrats especially love it going to washington dc we don't need state laws we need the umbrella law at the federal level we need to centralize the power. We don't need to have different state laws on guns. We need to have one centralized law at the federal level. We don't need to have different voting laws in different states on how they do their process. We need to have one centralized at the federal level. This is the apparently the mindset because when something happens, we always turn to the government and say, government, help us. If we centralize the banking industry, this will affect everybody worse than you can ever Imagine sitting in their training for months as I did for three, four months to complete literally the day that I completed my training, like on the last day, I was like, hey, by the way, I got a radio job and I'm, I'm out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but sitting through all of that and looking at their plans as a bank, as a financial institution, what their goals are, they want everybody on the mobile banking, everybody on the online banking, every transaction, everything that you do. Every bit of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency that you have, every bit of every transaction, they want it to be the obviously top of the line so that way they can control it and they can regulate it better. If you centralize all of the banks into, let's say, these top five that we mentioned, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo and Bank of America, U.S. Bank, uh, whatever the other one was, uh, if you centralize them to those five and they dominate the entire industry as they're trying to do by trying to close down these others by not having any workers in those because they can't afford $25 an hour minimum wage, they're going to be able to set the tone on what you're allowed to do with your banking if you go to a bank, which is why many people are just like, you know, I'm going to go cash, go back to cash, which they're trying to drive that out as well. But that's another story for another time. As the federal government's working, you remember the bill they tried to pass earlier last year? Trying to say any uh, any transaction that you do through your financial institution over $600. That includes paying your mortgage. That includes paying a car payment. That includes a one-time purchase of something. No matter what you do, anything over $600, they want to regulate it because they want to make sure the federal government's getting their fair share of the tax revenue because they truly, honestly believe, the federal government meaning, that near half of the GDP money that goes through the private sector, they're not actually taxing. They're not regulating it because of how dare that you you give the kid that mows your lawn 20 bucks or 50 bucks and they go on about their day. You need to be taxed on that. They need to be regulating that. They want full, complete control. And it's moving towards that way. Bank of America in this step not only screws the rest of the banking industry with other smaller banks where they can't afford to pay uh, workers the same rate it's also going to have more control over you when they have more power because there are less banks to bank from 
This is dangerous, and this is one more step because of what we have now. That is not a capitalist system, unfortunately, but it's now that crony capitalist system where the corporations realize they can make more money by partnering with the government to work hand-in-hand and sing kumbaya and just hold hands as they swing through the nice dandelion field. They are working together to try and profit and benefit for both of them, where the banks get more money, the politicians get more power, and you end up getting less opportunity and less choices down the road. It's a very scary thought, and you need to be aware of it. So that's my spiel on that. When we come back, Matthew McConaughey speaking at the White House earlier today on gun control. Is it going to work? Did he appeal to voters and to the American people on accepting red flag laws, on accepting more gun control bills coming out of D.C. because the Democrats and some Republicans are desperate to make this happen for those feel-good bills? We'll do that when we come back. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, how the time flies right on by. How the time flies right on by. Welcome back into the show. Last half hour of the program on the home stretch here already. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. It is interesting to see the connection, the uniqueness of how the market works, meaning the private sector, the free market, laissez-faire private market that's not supposed to be infiltrated by crony capitalism or by government entities trying to manipulate the market in some way, shape, or form, because at the end of the day, that gives them more control while the few get more money. And I'm not like anti-corporation. Obviously, they've done something well, which is why consumers buy their products. But when they get so big, they just don't give a crap about you, and they take advantage, and then they use the government to take it to another level. That's where I have a serious problem. Again, you can be a multi-billionaire. All the power to you. I don't want to tax you anymore. I don't want. I want a flat tax or just a... Uh, fair tax, which is just the sales tax. Obviously, if you're going to buy a yacht or buy a mansion, you're going to be paying a lot in tax revenue to purchase those things. I don't want any more of your money. All the power to you, baby. That's the American dream. That's what it's all about. Just because you hit a billion dollar value doesn't mean, hey, we're going to tax you at 75%. Now fork it over because you're not paying your fair share. No, it's not what I'm about. But it's a fair game for everybody. The level playing field for everybody to have that opportunity, not equal outcome, equal opportunity to what it's all about and that's what the left just doesn't quite understand in this discussion all right let's get to what's trending of the day what do you say 
What's trending today? So earlier today, the actor, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. You know, he's the one that went up to Washington, D.C., spoke with the Biden administration and had a little press conference in the at the White House today talking about gun control is apparently, which I was not aware of, uh, was born and originally was raised in Uvalde, Texas, where the shooting happened with 19 children and two teachers just a couple weeks ago. Now, because of him being involved there, he wanted to do what he could to help out the community uh, and talk to individuals there about why and what happened and what he can do to try and make something better. Now, having gone through a shooting myself, we asked the same questions when it happened to us and it turned into something positive and this is what he said about how parents want to make this meaningful and have a purpose on why the shooting actually happened but every parent separately expressed in their own way to camilla and me that they want their children's dreams to live on that they want their children's dreams to continue to accomplish something after they are gone they want to make their loss of life matter. And I understand that feeling. We get that. Having gone through the shooting, and I've told the story many times, I don't need to tell it again. The one gal that did die in our school shooting, her name was Emily Keys. She was a good friend, and she had a twin brother as well. Emily Keys, they started the Keys Foundation of the I Love You Guys Foundation. And the story behind that was that her very last text to her family while she was in the room being held hostage at our school shooting, was she sent a text to her families that just said, I love you guys. And that was the last time they heard from her via text message in that room. So they started the I Love You Guys Foundation with random acts of kindness because the shooting that we went through was, again, from a guy 45 to an hour minute, uh, 45 minutes to an hour away that wanted to end his life and do something terrible and randomly picked the town that we lived in in our little bitty mountain town and randomly walked into that classroom. It was a random act of violence that could not have been prevented by any type of regulation, any type of gun confiscation, any type of control in any way, shape, or form. So to counter the random act of violence that happened at our school. They created the family. The Keys family started the I Love You Guys Foundation that tries to promote random acts of kindness to bring purpose, to bring meaning. So when they, the families here in Uvalde, Texas say, we want purpose, we want meaning, we want their lives to not go unnoticed or to go and completely be forgotten. We want purpose behind this and meaning of what happened to bring their ideas and their dreams and their hopes and their passions to life by promoting some type of message. And there's nothing wrong with that. All the power to it. And I applaud that type of message. Now, Matthew McConaughey, for those that don't know, being from Texas, he was considering running for governor in the state, being an actor. All right, all right, all right. Wanting to be very dramatic as he is spoke for about 45 minutes, and the vast majority of it was talking about the dreams and hopes and ambitions of the little children that died in the Uvalde, Texas shooting, trying to bring up the emotion of this. I understand it, but the big question is, did it actually work with the who's he's whoever he's pandering to, which is a question I have for later on, as he tried to talk about what the process is to try and stop this madness and this gun violence moving forward. Look, we heard from we heard from so many people, right? Families of the deceased, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Texas Rangers, hunters, Border Patrol, and responsible gun owners who won't give up their Second Amendment right to bear arms. And you know what they all said? 
We want secure and safe schools, and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for the bad guys to get these damn guns. All right, now I want to stop you right there for a second. Now, he's obviously, he's, he's kind of awkward because he's kind of emotional. He's in front of a large crowd, and he's trying to be theatrical while he's giving this speech. But uh, the board, everybody that he talked to, the parents and the gun owners and so on and so forth, we all want the madman to stop getting the gun and the shootings to stop, and we want reasonable gun control so that way bad guys don't get the damn guns. I highly doubt that he talked to a Second Amendment advocate that said, yeah, you know what, let's go ahead and put more gun regulations in to stop a bad guy from getting guns because most of us realize that bad guys don't follow the rules when they do bad things. Period. End of story. That's just the way it goes. But again, this is the leading up, the emotional buildup after talking so long about all these children and everything that they had, which was sad and horrible and devastating to listen to, and it brings a tear to your eye. It's a buildup for a movement, for a purpose, for the call to action that all these politicians and actors like to do when they're politically active. Here's the call to action for you. Support the gun control measure because of all the emotion that we just laid out. So... We know it's on the table. We need to invest in mental health care. Okay, agree with that one. Can we go through the list? He's going to go through the laundry list here, the check marks of what he wants to do. Can we invest in mental health? Absolutely. You know what? Agree with that one. Thank you. We can support the support of mental health. That's the conversation that we need to have, right? We need safer schools. Okay. We need to restrain. Well, hold on. Well, safer schools. What does safer schools actually mean? Does that mean like a bigger sticker, gun-free zone on the sticker, uh, on the sign there? Does that mean hiring more security? Does that mean possibly training teachers how to carry a firearm so that way they're not helpless in a situation? What does that actually mean, safer schools? I support safer schools. What does that agenda actually entail? I don't think they're actually laying down that idea. Sensationalized media coverage. Oh, my. We need to restore our family values. Oh, my. We need to restore our American values. And... We need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. Uh, (laughs) All right. You know what? Everything on that list. And this is where the left, they get so ideological, they put on the blinders and they get so angry when we talk about defending guns, defending gun ownership, defending the NRA, defending the Second Amendment. They get their blinders on because we support firearms. Therefore, we support the killing of children. We support the mass murders. We support the mass shooters. We support all the chaos in the world because if we would just give that right up with the guns, then all this would go away. And as he said earlier, we actually aren't so far apart except for what the media tells us. We're not divisive like the media says. We're actually united on the home front, on right or left. We want safe schools. Everything that he just mentioned between mental health and safer schools and responsible gun ownership and American values and family values, we want all of those things as conservatives. We want all of them including the responsible gun ownership. Here's where the divide starts to happen, is Democrats, in their eyes, when they say responsible gun ownership, they think of a black powder musket that shoots once, and you have to reload it because, by golly, that's what was done during the Revolutionary War, while we say, hey, why, if you want responsible gun ownership, why the hell do you continue to fight the NRA? 
I live in the state of Kansas where we have some pretty strong, pretty awesome Second Amendment rights here in the state. The Democrat governor in our state and the Democrat legislature and the Democrat governor, especially this year, vetoed the Eddie Eagle program from the NRA. Does anybody know what the NRA, what the Eddie Eagle program is for the NRA? It literally says that if you're a child and you don't know how to handle a firearm because you're a minor or a little child, to not touch it, to go tell an adult, and to leave it alone. The NRA, literally the majority of what they do outside of legislation in D.C. has programs on how to train people for responsible gun ownership. We don't want a bunch of yahoos out there, these idiots and these wannabe thugs that are on social media taking pictures of them, pointing the firearm at the camera, pointing it up in the air, showing how many guns they have, trying to be cool. We want responsible gun ownership, someone that knows how to handle it, that respects it, that realizes that it's not a toy. We want that. You and I, Democrats, we agree on this issue, but in your eyes, that means taking it away for us, that means being more comfortable with it because we understand the concept that ignorance breeds fear. Fear breeds hatred. If you don't understand the gun, you're going to fear the gun. If you fear the gun, you're going to want to take away the gun. It's a very simple process that's been done in society for a long time. But they don't understand that. To them, because they're stuck in the whole ignorance and fear and hatred mindset, you got to get rid of it. That's the gun ownership. That's a responsible thing to do is just to get rid of it. If you want proper gun ownership and responsible gun ownership, support the NRA. Support the gun organizations in your local states. Why? Because that will lead to the training and more people being comfortable and familiar with the gun so you're not fearful of it and you know how to handle it responsibly. So you have more responsible gun owners out there, less idiots out there with guns, because then they know that there are more responsible gun owners that can actually stop you if you try to do something stupid. We agree with every one of those things. But Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, doesn't quite understand that concept, which is why he says we need red flag laws, more gun control, and somehow that's going to stop the bad guy. More on this when we come back here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out last few minutes here. Matthew McConaughey speaking at the White House today. Did he win over anybody with his plea for gun control? As he says, the things that we need to invest in. We heard from, we heard from so many people, right? Families of the deceased, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Texas Rangers, hunters, Border Patrol, and responsible gun owners who won't give up their Second Amendment right to bear arms. And you know what they all said? We want secure and safe schools, and we want gun laws that won't make it so easy for the bad guys to get these damn guns. Mm -hmm. So, we know it's on the table. We need to invest in mental health care. We need safer schools. We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values, and we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. <laughs> Hold on. I'm pretty sure we have background checks. Again, I would agree with everything that he said there up until that point. I mean, you're right. Here's the thing. If you reinforce the family values, if you actually focus on the American values, if you focus on mental health issues, if you actually preserve the Second Amendment and you have responsible gun ownership, guess what? 90% of the gun crimes go away. If you raise the economic opportunity for individuals to actually be able to grow and get their cut their teeth in the workforce and to be able to work up and have the opportunity to start their business and not tax the hell out of them and not regulate the hell out of them and allow the industries to grow guess what you won't have people going to desperation needing to go and steal from a store or rob a bank in some way shape or form the few that would just be the mentally ill individuals that really just want to do harm that have no purpose but just have a personal vendetta or that want to cause harm and watch the world burn, then with the mental health investments, we could limit that. From a young age, having the family values to where they don't feel like they're isolated or they're completely bullied, and we allow the parents to have a conversation with the kids because they're not working for jobs and having both parents working out of the house and letting their kids run rampant and do whatever. If we actually had the conversation at the dinner table about politics and religion like they tell us we're not supposed to do anymore, if you have those family value conversations and those feelings, then people wouldn't need to have mental illness to go and do something harm. And then guess what? All the issues would go. The gun would become irrelevant like it used to be. All the way back when in the good old days. But now, we need to have background checks. Guess what? We already have background checks. In fact, according to Reason.com, according to the latest National Institute of Justice report, uh, from every public mass shooting that happened from 1966 to the year 2019, 77% of the perpetrators bought their guns legally. 13% of the mass shooters obtained firearms through an illegal action, meaning overall, including the teenagers who stole the parents' uh, guns 
from their families or their homes. Overall, 87% of cases of mass shootings happen with the guns being purchased legally. Why? Because red flag or because uh, background checks only look at what you've done in the past. And if you've never done anything bad in the past, it's going to not show anything on the background check. So they want to take it to the step further, which is the red flag laws. Meaning, hey, even if we have an inkling that you may do something because we don't like you, we don't agree with you, you think you, we're, that you're depressed today, we think that you're kind of angry. Andy, you're blowing off a lot of hot steam on the radio today. I don't think you should have a firearm. I think you're going to uh, you're gonna blow one of these times. And instead of saying, hey, maybe you should just calm down a second and take a breath <laughs> and just zone out for a moment, they're like, no, we need to go and actually get a court order to take your firearms away. Because the plea continues on responsible gun owners are fed up with the second amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals these regulations are not a step back they're a step forward for a civil society and and the second amendment now look is this cure all hell no but people are hurting Families are, parents are, and look, as 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 divided as our country is, this gun responsibility issue is one that we agree on more than we don't. I'm wondering who he's trying to appeal with this speech. He needs to be appealing to the politicians because they're the ones voting on it. Maybe to the people because the popularity and the polls show that they don't want more gun control out there. But hey. They're trying to play it. If you can't do it through the politicians that are supposed to be popular, bring in the celebrities that are popular and trying to win them over that way. Although Matthew McConaughey couldn't win in a governor's race, which is why he dropped out of that too. So I don't know what influence he's going to have. But hey, they gave it a shot. I don't think it worked. Good luck with that. We'll continue that on tomorrow when we come back here for a midweek celebration. Until then, podcast up in just a little bit. I am The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.